Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our percentile bias. The percentile bias crew is going to play some Delta Green. Never played it before, but it is in the cosmic horror realm, similar to Call of Cthulhu, so we feel kind of at home. Yeah. I'm Steve, aka Adric Stevens on Twitter. That's Emily. That's John, sister at Sister in Darkness, and mm -hmm. at Bulby37. Give us a follow. All right, let's just jump into it. Are you guys ready? I'm so ready. You are sitting in a small conference room of a building that was labeled as an accounting firm uh, in Sacramento. You've just arrived. It's kind of late on Saturday night. Uh, you are sitting in the conference room. It is Saturday night. July 2nd. Earlier in the day, Delta Green called and summoned you um, from the different parts of the country that you were living in. You were whisked away to probably a military transport, flown to Sacramento, some dark colored SUV picked you up, drove you years, and you were ushered into uh, this room. You know from looking at it, you've been in these types of rooms before. It says accounting firm out front, but it is some other agency, likely CIA. Um, and everybody that was in the in the building knew better than to ask you who you were or what you were doing. You've been dropped off in this conference room. It's the weekend right before July 4th. Both of you were uh, enjoying a weekend, getting ready for the 4th of July festivities. So, Claudia Seymour. Yes. What did I? What did you get plucked away from? What was going on in the in the life of Claudia Seymour? Well, <clears throat> I'm based out of Washington, but I happen to have been down in Atlanta um, on some field work, uh, just doing some check-ins on some different uh, companies that have had citations from the EPA. Doing, you know, my basic day-to-day -day job of checking in on the regulatory compliance of different things and if they're doing the proper remediations. And um, it's pretty easy to step away when you're out in the field in that sort of sense because they expect you to be gone checking in on multiple people for long periods of time. So a couple days to a week here or there that get booked off to one company or another, people rarely notice. So the 4th of July is in just a couple of days. Did you have plans with your family? Yeah, I was going to go hang out with my, my sister and her daughter, um, Abby. She's my niece. She's I'm never going to have kids of my own. It's just not really something that I'm looking for, but I absolutely adore Abby. So we were going to set off fireworks and, um, you know, it breaks my heart to have to give her that call and let her know I'm not going to be able to make it because work calls, but she understands usually. So, Well, it's July 2nd. Maybe you can wrap this up in time and be there for fireworks with Abby. We're hoping. So, uh, Mr. Solomon. You also have been whisked away on the weekend right before the 4th of July. What did you get pulled away from? What were your plans for the week? Well, I had an appointment to get a wax job, you know, get my beach bod in order. I'm on shore leave right now from my job at the Air Force Station in North Carolina with the 24th. Nothing, family? no family, nothing really big planned. 
just chilling. Okay. So as you guys are sitting there, it doesn't take long. And uh, in walks uh, a man, older, wearing a suit. Looks like he's been wearing it all day. It's not quite hanging perfectly on him anymore. Um, he comes in, uh, and he's carrying just a couple sheets of paper. Uh, he walks in and says, I'm Agent Gray, and uh, here's the situation. Earlier today, park rangers at Yosemite discovered a young boy, naked, afraid, about six years old, lost. They looked around the uh, Rancheria Falls Trailhead Ranger Station, which is the area that he was found in for his family. Couldn't find any. The, the kid just kept saying he wanted to call his parents. Uh, his parents were called after a confusing and tearful um, exchange. His parents are on the way to get him. After a little bit of uh, digging by the uh, park rangers and talking with the parents, they called the FBI field office. And here's the reason. Young Brandon McGill, six years old, did indeed go missing at Yosemite uh, National Park in 1979. Uh, he is still six-year-old. His parents, who had written him off as dead and gone on with their life, were absolutely dumbfounded but ecstatic and are flying there now. But the ranger, after having determined these oddities, called the FBI field office. Luckily for us, Agent Jace, who works for the FBI, caught some of the traffic, saw the telltale signs of Goings on Delta Green might be interested in and has worked to slow the FBI response by raising a jurisdictional issue. Should it be the San Francisco office or the Sacramento office to handle this? You've got about 24 hours before actual FBI gets on site. Here's your job. Get there. Locate the child. Identify the child. Determine whether any unnatural threat is in the area. Remove any unnatural threats. And then make the whole thing appear mundane. No Roger. Now, there's a short response time here. We haven't had time to put together false documentation for you or anything. But you'll be going in undercover as FBI agents. I don't have a badge for you. I don't have an ID for you that says FBI agent. You're going to have to wing it. What I am going to do for you is we're going to throw a metallic sign on the side of a chopper that says FBI, and we're going to land that thing right in the middle, right in front of the uh, ranger station, and you're going to get off of it. And uh, you seem uh, appropriately dressed already. We're going to have to work on you a little bit, but your typical FBI man in black suit. There you go in. Coming off an FBI helicopter, chances are nobody's going to ask for 
identification. Go in, find out what's going on, get the kid, neutralize any threats, and get out. Now, um, yeah, you're carrying a lot there. Uh, what was your name, Agent Scotch? All right, Agent Scotch, uh, you're carrying a lot there. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to dumb it down a little bit. FBI is not gonna come in looking like that. Sidearm, sidearm. That's it. Um, I see you're wearing it on your hip. We'll give you a, a shoulder holster so you can wear it right inside your jacket. All right. Uh, same with you. And uh, well, there'll be a lady in here in a minute with uh, with a suit for you to put on. So you've got your suit. So you'll take your sidearm. All right. And, uh, that's it. That'll be it in a minute. And uh, you know, he steps out. Um, on his way out, he does uh, look and notice that uh, you've got uh, Agent Scotch that you have a uh, little earpiece uh, communication device. Um, uh, looks over at, uh, I'm sorry, what, what was your name, Agent? Uh, Petrie. Agent Petrie, uh, we'll get uh, some comms up for you. Uh, yeah. Kind of add to the FBI look if there's a little twirly cord going up to your ear. So he leaves. <clears throat> and a little while later, somebody else comes in, brings a suit for Agent Scotch, brings an uh, earpiece for Agent Petrie. Um, and uh, you guys are giving a moment to uh, to get yourselves together. Um, before he steps out, excuse me, uh, do you have access to a printer that I could use? Well, we have printers. What's your need? Oh, well, I have access to certain credentials that allow me access to different sites, and it might help our ability to be on site as FBI if I have some official-looking documentation for which to shut down the site. So I'd like a chance to uh, get those ready. Uh Sure, come with me, but uh, chopper leaves in 10, so. Shouldn't take that long. So he walks out. Somebody walks in with some clothes for you to put on. He drops you off at a desk. There's a little workstation there, printer, computer. What would you like to do? So I want to try to uh, use some of the files on my computer to kind of alter a document to give me access to... <clears throat> effectively an investigation into Yosemite I want to use my documents kind of you know gray out type back in Yosemite change over some of the wording so that should somebody ask us for credentials we at least have some documentation stating that we were dispatched to Yosemite and I want it to look in official EPA slash FBI sure what skill do you want to use my choices was either bureaucracy or criminology. I feel like either one, a good understanding of my paperwork and a good understanding of criminal doctoring of paperwork would give me that. What's your score in bureaucracy? 60. Okay. Um, so normally with a score that high, I would just say, eh, you, you can do it. But you're in a limited time frame here, so we're going to require a role. It's one of the neat things about Delta Green is much more... Um, ability to just say that an action succeeds if your score is high enough and the situation is such that, you know. 
right. nothing putting pressure on it or there's no uh, consequence to failure. Right. right. So, but because <clears throat> you got 10 minutes to doctor up some paperwork until the chopper leaves. Yeah. So um, give me a roll on bureaucracy. <coughs> I rolled a 77. And your scroll, skill, skill is a 60. Yeah, so um, that's a fail, but but put a little tick mark on your sheet next to the one you failed because you have a chance to make that better. Nice. So tell me what that looked like. So that was me uh, sitting at a computer, furiously bringing up various documents and trying to doctor over them, but not getting the right combination that felt real enough uh, and felt like it was pertainable enough without tracing back to my work in the EPA. And so I ended up having to scrap the idea because I just wasn't getting the results that would be both effective and safe for day-to-day -day use. I think as somebody who's had to deal with printers a lot. <laughs> the toner was out. <laughs> you just could not get the printer to print for anything. Wasn't connected to Wi-Fi. Nobody knows the password. Yeah. Toner was out. There's nothing I could have done. Cool. So while you're sitting there, somebody comes by and just kind of tosses uh, a little rectangular piece of uh, uh, electronic equipment uh, in an earpiece, and you know that you can clip that to your belt or throw it in a, the jacket pocket or whatever, and uh, it's your, your common device. Right. Uh, so they brought you a suit, and you know you probably came – pretty geared up, you know, thinking Delta Green, what are they going to ask me to do, right? So, um, you've been told comms, your sidearm, and the suit. Uh, what are you doing? I am going to put everything in a neat pile on the table, very inspection ready, and throw on the suit and put on the shoulder holster, have my weapon ready, and be prepared to leave. All right. Are there any of your, your other belongings you're going to you know, try to incorporate into the suit? I thought about a smoke grenade, because that always sounds handy, but... Um, the tactical light. That'd be just a flashlight, right? Yeah, like a mag light. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's one of those big ones that, uh, you know, cops bang on your window with. I'm thinking what? more of the smaller kind that you see guys holding up over their uh, their their pistol or their rifle to, uh, to light friendly. up target. So That seems reasonable. Absolutely. And a field dressing. Yeah, I think you could uh, get that. Did you have like a, a combat knife or anything like that? I did have a combat knife. You probably strap that to your leg and then the suit pants would uh, fall over it. Somebody really paying attention might figure out you got something down there. But if they believe you're FBI, they might just think it's your extra piece, your throwaway. <laughs> I will do that. And I believe that uh, the flexible cuffs. Yeah, I was going to say flexible cuffs. That was in a pocket. So the field so dressing. You got zip ties. <laughs> yeah, zip ties. No. <laughs> field dressing, Flexible. the radio, tactical light, uh, 
40 cal Smith and Wesson. Okay. And when they would drop that stuff off, they, uh, they probably grabbed your, uh, your tactical radio and, you know, made a few little switches and tweaks to it to make sure that you were on whatever frequency they wanted and jived up with, uh, with Agent Petries. Um, as usual. Yep. So, uh, You get done. You're you don't even have time to go back to the to the conference room. There is uh, Agent Gray going. Let's move out, and uh, you know he just walks by with her to the open conference room door that that you're in, and just looks at you and gives a head nod. Let's go. All right, I'm going. All right, so uh, you guys. Uh, Go outside, you know, this is kind of a, a downtown, not downtown, but a city area, but uh, um, really you just kind of uh, zip across the street to a, a much taller building, up an elevator, out onto the roof, there's a helipad there, and there's there's a, a black helicopter right there. You see a, a guy taking a big, you know, flexible magnetic sign that just says FBI um, uh, and throwing it up there. Uh, Onto the side of the thing and climbing on. Got your orders, and Gray turns around, walks away. I'll climb on as well. Okay, uh, you guys barely got your butts in the seat when it starts lifting off and and heading towards Yosemite. Um, yeah. Any uh, any conversation in the email? Uh I didn't catch your name, uh, Agent Petrie. Scotch. No, shake your hand. It's nice to meet you, Scotch. Uh, needed to guess where you're from, uh, judging by the, the loadout you had on the table back there. Yeah. So, uh, specialties. What, uh, what do you specialize in? I am... Hold on, I forgot what I put my stuff in. I didn't mean your actual specialties. I just meant kind of tell me like what you're good at. Well, I'm involved with rescue missions, so I'm pretty decent with medicine. I'm not a doctor by any means, but I'm pretty good at getting you to a doctor if need be. I'm also fairly handy with a firearm and can hold my own in a fist fight. How about you? Um, I specialize in more research uh, information biology and the effects it has thereof of the surrounding areas. Information kind of girl. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like me a girl who knows things. <laughs> well. I guess I'm happy for you, Scotch. Um, have you been with the Delta Green long? Uh, pretty good amount of time. I've only been with them a couple of years, but... Um, Never see the same thing twice, right? Well, sometimes you do. And it's pretty, pretty, uh, bad. Well, yeah, that could be said of most of them. I think we'll just make chit-chat. You guys hear a squawk in your, your earpieces. This is Agent Jace. Come in. Over. Agent Petrie. Military-sounding things. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Agent Petrie, uh, normally we say over when we're done. Over. <laughs> My apologies. Over. Uh, I'm Agent Jace. I'm the uh, the FBI agent that uh, intercepted this call. Just wanted to uh, you know, make sure we were all clear on on the situation and uh, in your mission parameters. So, earlier this morning, Park Ranger Tamika Gallegos found a child naked and wandering uh, near the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir. Um, near an area in the park called Devil's Chair. Uh, child asked to use a phone to call his parents, was handed a cell phone, and seemed very confused. But was able to use it after being sh shown how to do it. Uh, he called his parents. A little investigation on the part of the park rangers. And a call to us when we did some research. And it turns out that uh, Brandon McGill did indeed disappear from the park in 1980. Okay. Uh, if still alive, he'd be well into his 40s by now. So, it looks like some, something unnatural is going on here. You get to the park, find the child, identify him, figure out what unnatural threats are going on, neutralize them. Get out without leaving evidence. Making anything that happens there appear mundane. Any questions for me? Certainly. What kind of first responders are we expecting on site? Uh, nobody. There Just park the, rangers? The, the park rangers. They've been told the FBI is on the way. They will be expecting FBI. You guys should be welcomed and they'll probably be relieved to see you because they I'm going to hand this particular hot potato off. Okay. Has the, the boy... I can't guarantee that the actual FBI agents won't be there soon. I believe I've slowed them down enough that uh, you got about 24 hours. As, as you guys are talking, the sun is coming up over the horizon. It is Sunday morning. So Monday morning, actual FBI agents will go after they waded through the sea of paperwork I've created to make things happen and slowed down. So. Agent, by any chance, were you able to do any sort of DNA testing or? Don't have the part, the, the body. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in, in, in San Francisco. Nope. Just saw it come over the wire and, uh, noticed the telltale signs. Started working from this end. Nobody's been on on the ground. You'll be the first ones there. Have the park rangers been made aware that the boy is possibly a young man who has been reported missing 40 years ago? Uh, yeah, after a brief conversation with the parents, um, after the child spoke with them, um, they heard that story. That's where they got concerned and, and called in the FBI. Sorry. Um, yeah, you'll have to deal with that particular parameter. Wonderful. Um, I don't have any further questions. No, do I? Thank okay. you, Agent Jace. Yep. Over. Um, you can try me on comms if you need me. I say try. Yeah, got another job to do. Over. Don't we all? Over. <laughs> all right. So the 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 helicopter. Um, Flies over a 
vast wilderness area, lots of forest. You can see up ahead a large body of water, which you can probably surmise is the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir. There's a dam on one end. Um, and as you get closer, you can see about a kilometer from the dam or the reservoir is, is a building, um, presumably the park ranger station. There's one road leading up into this, cutting through the forest. Um, not the best road in the world. It's, it's pretty remote, um, but there is a, a little camping area, um, backpackers use the trailhead and then they go and do what backpackers do uh, and you come to a landing the big not a pad it's more just a field off to the side there's uh there's a little parking area next to the two-story building that is the park ranger station um there are a couple cars and a few atvs you know all painted up green and say U.S. Forestry Service on them. Um, and you can see uh, people milling about the uh, the camping area, either setting up or taking down their tents or whatever. Um, and it has gotten pretty, uh, there's clouds rolling in. It's kind of overcast day, getting dark. Um, on the right over here, could I have used my laptop to look up anything I know about the devil's seat, chair, whatever you said? It was um, so make me a luck roll to see if there was Wi-Fi capability on a helicopter or if you had a good enough cell phone reception that you could use your hotspot for your phone. 49. That's amazing. That is amazing. All right, uh, there was nothing on the helicopter, but uh, you had just enough bars or reception uh, on your cell phone that uh, you were able to switch on the hotspot and, and get on. So, um, what were you looking for? I want to know about this portion of Yosemite. I want to know about the devil's seat. Is that what you called the it? Devil's chair. Devil's chair. You searched for devil's chair, and you find out that it's a natural stone structure of shattered columnar basalt uh, that happens to have cracked and collapsed in a way to form a vague seat, uh, roughly three meters tall and two meters wide. Um, it's a very popular tourist attraction. However, when you type that in, you notice in the search results some entries about... Uh, disappearances uh, at, at Yosemite. And one of the first ones that you see is an entry about Brandon McGill's disappearance. Um, appears from that, that he disappeared from that area um, near Devil's Chair on June 22nd, 1980. He was with his parents on vacation. Um, his parents, Ian and Ann McGill, uh, in their mid-20s at the time, Claimed the child was right there with them, and then he vanished uh, at approximately 4.30 p.m. Um, the FBI became involved with that case uh, after eyewitnesses claimed to have seen uh, a man in black clothing following the McGills down a trail. Uh, two independent witnesses volunteered 
that information. One described the man as tall and pale, and the, only, the other one only described it as a, a figure in black. Um, lots of searches with 100 volunteers and helicopters uh, found nothing, and then Brandon McGill was officially declared dead in 1987. Uh, his father, Ian, was briefly investigated, uh, mostly due to a domestic violence charge from the year before that had something to do with infidelity there in the family, but the couple had um, reconciled and uh, the case case was dropped. But you also notice that Park Rangers report mentions other children disappearing in the park under similar, they were just there and now they vanished um, circumstances. <laughs> 24 children have vanished in Yosemite over the last 40 years. The report of a long-retired park ranger named Walter Delio mentioned some oddities. One, bad weather always followed the disappearances. Um, the dogs could find no scent of McGill, um, and that led many older rangers to conclude the boy wouldn't be found. When lost children are found, sometimes they are. It's often miles from where they were lost. Um, that's why the veteran rangers um, suggested a wide search area for, for Brandon. Um, those children that are recovered typically have high temperatures and are withdrawn and disoriented when they are found. The disappearances almost always occur late in the afternoon or early dusk. Brandon McGill disappeared at 430. The disappearances tend to occur in areas overgrown with blackberries. I'm sorry, huckleberries. And the devil's chair area is covered in huckleberries. So, and with that, the helicopter lands and you're starting to get some real. I think maybe you clicked on a link and to to follow something else, and discovered that you no longer had cell phone reception, so we couldn't go on to the next link. Okay. Um, as we land, remind me when we have a moment to uh, brief you on the information I found. Okay. Will do. <clears throat> and we'll disembark. Okay. Um, so you get out and you can see some some backpackers, hikers milling around over in the camp area. Uh, some of them looking up to the sky and like, look at this weather that's coming in. Uh, maybe we should cancel. Others like putting on their backpacks like they're going to go for their day's hike. And you notice that the the vehicles that are off to the side of the building is in fact two four wheel drive jeeps and three ATVs, um, two seaters, you know, front and back, um, and uh, there's a large covered patio at the front of the building, and there is a female park ranger um, standing there, kind of giving you the over here wave. We'll walk towards her. Yeah, we'll head up. Well, I'm glad you guys finally got here. I mean, we called this in yesterday afternoon. Um, well, we've been taking care of the kid since then. Uh, 
Do you, do you need me to get them together and, and load him up and help you get him? And about the time she says that, the helicopter takes off. Uh, uh no, ma'am. Uh, is the boy inside? Uh, yes, he is. Um, uh, Agent what? Jones, my apologies. Uh, would it be possible for us to speak with him? Uh, we we want to be sure that we're yeah. dotting all of the I's, crossing the T's, you know. Yes, yes, of course. Certainly. Come on in. Thank you. So you walk in, and it's it's a relatively large large building. Um, as I said, there are two floors. As you walk in, uh, you see a set of stairs uh, going up, an office off to the left, and then some common room off to the right. Small hallway by the stairs goes back into other areas, which you assume are like offices or storage or something like that. Um, and she takes you to the left. Uh, and you walk into the ranger's office. Right? There's a couple of desks in there. Um, the 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 number of rangers assigned to the station is like six, but it's only one or two on duty at a time. You know, so they can cover a 24 hour thing. So uh, right now she's the only ranger that you see around. And she says, oh, "I'm I'm sorry. Um, my name is uh, Gallegos." Um, uh, yes, ma'am. You're the one who found the boy, correct? Yeah, I'm on my shift yesterday. Um, I, I just came on this morning. I really was surprised to see the kid was still here. Um, Our apologies. You uh, you understand that uh, the bureaucracy system can move slow, especially on the weekends, and it took a while for them to get the ball rolling. But we, we are here now, and I'm going to try to take as best care of the situation as we can. Um, who had the shift last night overnight? Oh, uh, that would have been uh, Franklin. Franklin, okay. Um, he left just a few minutes ago. Sorry. Um, can you tell us a bit about when you found the boy? Yeah, I was just uh, walking down to the campground, kind of pick up some trash, make sure nobody was, you know, had been unruly the night before. Uh, occasionally you find somebody who slept out under the stars, not necessarily of their own choice, but just partied a little too hard the right. night before. And this dirty, naked, confused child walked up to me. Um, first I did was I walked around all the campsites to figure out whose child this was. and Nobody had uh, any inkling who the kid was. So brought him back up here, and put, a, put a blanket on him, and he, he asked to call his parents. And he did, and Eventually, I talked to the parents. Yeah, unbelievable story. As where somebody is uh, pulling some something weird here, and, and called the FBI because it sounded like it's probably a kidnapping situation or something, and, and the FBI has jurisdiction on those matters. So. Yes, it certainly sounds something to the effect of uh, looking for a little bit of fame and notoriety, you know, their moment in the news. But in the best interest of the child, we like to make sure that we get all the information. Um, she stops walking in this small hallway that you can see opens up into that office um, and starts talking a, a little lower. Um, like she does not want to continue the conversation into that office. We may need to go out to the site later. Would you try to make sure that we have a vehicle prepared in case that needs to happen well the uh the campgrounds is right over there uh, 
But I mean, yeah, if you want, we can we can drive over. Okay. I appreciate it. Uh, is he just in here? Yes. Okay, and she she leads you in, and she says, uh, "Brandon, honey, these these people are are with the they're with the police, and and they're gonna help you." And, um, yeah. So uh, there's a, there's a small child there. He's got a blanket thrown over him, like one of those scratchy wool blankets that are standard government issue. Um, like I said, there's a couple desks in here. You can tell them one all there is. A gun cabinet looks like it just holds a couple uh, rifles and shotguns, not anything like you know military issue, but right. standard stuff that a park ranger uh, might need. Uh, you know, medical supply cabinet for drunken backpackers who fall down and break their leg, kind of stuff. Uh, and the kid is is sitting there, um, kind of nervous, kind of scared looking. And uh, as she's walking out, uh, Gallego says, um, he looks at her watch, says, yeah, I think his parents will be landing at uh, Fresno Airport about noon. Probably taking about three hours to drive out here. Ranger, would you happen to have had anybody look at him, any doctors or anything so uh, far? I, I, we don't have doctors out here, and, uh, but we're all trained in, you know, first aid. I did an initial look over him, he, he dirty and confused, seemed relatively healthy. Uh, he hasn't uh, wanted anything to eat or drink um, since we got him, but no visible injuries, no cuts, lacerations, bruises, that kind of thing. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take off my jacket and approach the boy and keep a good couple feet away from the kind of crouch down. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Uh, my name is Officer Jones. Uh, I've come to talk to you a little bit about what's going on today. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell me, you know, what, what's been going on today? What'd you do this morning, this afternoon? Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that? Came here and the nice uh, ranger helped me. Okay. What about yesterday? Anything special happened yesterday? What about when the ranger found you? I think you were only a notice roll. Notice. Um, I don't have a notice. Would that be alertness? Yeah, maybe? I do that. Sorry. New system. No, you're new fine. names for old things. Ooh, 82 oh. on a 50. So, I got a one on an 80. Isn't that a critical failure to weigh? No, a one on an 80 is a really good success. I thought it was like a one or a... A critical success is a one. Yep, I was thinking zero, but no, it's a one or any doubles that is under your target number. Right. All zeros is 100 on percentile, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And that's always... So you had strong. a critical success. Boy, it really has been a long time since we played, hasn't it? It has. Um, so your your head's just on a swivel. So your normal, you know, search and rescue military situation. Even though you're in this benign little office, you can't help yourself. 
and you're like scanning and she's talking and like you're listening to what she's saying and, and you're looking around the room and you notice when she asked him about, well, can you tell me about what you're doing yesterday and that kind of stuff that a stapler on the desk starts to quiver and then walk itself off. Bam. Falls on the floor. I'm going to walk over and pick it up and replace it. Okay. Then I will walk towards Brandon and about arm's length away. I'm going to go down on one knee. Just say, hey, it's all right. You can talk to her. She's good people. She's trying to help you. Anything you can remember might be helpful. She seems nice. You know, Brandon, I have a niece just about your age. She's seven. Would you like to see a picture of her? Okay. I'm pull out my wallet and pull a little picture of Abby, my niece, and be like, "This well, is let's Abby." Let's be real here. Would you pull out your wallet or would you pull out your phone? <laughs> my phone. No. <laughs> no. I forget we're playing in modern times. <laughs> to be fair. Are you going to have to roll to see how freaked out he is by seeing his cell phone again? Um. Right. Wow, that's uh, how, how did you do that? Like phones in a little, bo- I mean, pictures in a little box. I mean, the, the lady showed me how you could make a phone call with those things, and that was really cool. And then you had to like turn a dial or anything. Yeah, that's because I have, we have lots of cool officer gear. And this is special officer gear. Watch this. And I'm going to do like the iPhone thing where you hold it and the picture kind of does like the the live motion thing. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's cool. So Abby, she likes to play princesses and dress up. And when we go out to the parks, we like to play hide and seek. What do you like to do when you come out to the parks? Um, Me me and my mom and dad, we would camp and go hiking and we walked down to the water. You weren't allowed to swim in it, but you could fish in it. And so we would try to fish. I didn't ever catch anything, though. And then sometimes I just pick up rocks. And then there's these things called huckleberries. And I think you can eat them. But mom said we probably are not because we're not sure exactly what they are. Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to eat one. Did you maybe sneak one? No, I'm a good boy. You look like a good boy. When was the last time you went fishing or picking up rocks around the parks here with your mom and dad? This is a long time ago. Okay. So, before the ranger found you, do you know where you were in the park or what you were doing? I was just here, and then I was walking, and I saw the people, so I was walking over there because maybe my mom and daddy were there. Which is very smart. Good good job finding people. But before you were here and walking towards the people, like earlier that morning or the day before, what have you what have you been doing? See his face get a little... A little pale, maybe a little quiver in his chin, um, and he uh, closes his eyes, imperceptible, almost imperceptible, just a little nod of his head. 
Um, and I don't know, it's like, uh, a, it's either sadness or anger that starts to show up on his face. And his face goes from pale to starting to get a little bit red. Mm-hmm. And you hear several objects on this kind of rattle in their place for a minute. I don't really like talking about that stuff. You don't have to talk right now if you don't feel comfortable talking. How do you feel? Is anything hurt? No, I feel okay. You feel okay? Yeah. You haven't been hungry? Not really. When's the last time you ate? Stapler falls off the table again. All right, don't worry about that, but can I give you a little examination, make sure you don't have any ticks or anything like that? Because out there, things get kind of wild, and I just want to make sure you're safe. I know she's already done it, but... Yeah, Ranger, the Ranger, she looked me over and said, did I look like I was really healthy? But okay. Sure. I have a little more medical training than she does, so I just want to make sure she was doing everything right. And I would like to give him a good look over. And I'm particularly going to be checking his earlobes because I have encountered a thing that the earlobes were composed of different material and it was a telltale sign and the only sign that it was not human by grabbing the earlobes and feeling the texture of it earlobe texture test okay. <laughs> um so yeah um give me uh was it medicine roll First aid or medicine? Um, Preferably first aid. (laughs) For me, yes. Preferably first aid. (laughs) Uh, It makes more sense in this case anyway. Okay. Internal medicine. It's a 15 on an 80. Your first aid's so high. You could probably do that like field surgery where they like puncture the neck so that you can breathe kind of stuff. It's what I do in my day job. It's epic. Okay. So first of all, his earlobes appear to be very earlobey. <laughs> very, very earlobey. <laughs> However, as you're you're looking at his earlobes, um you notice nearly invisible seem like scars crisscrossing his body in bizarre interlocking patterns. You also know that there's notice that there's a green tattoo on the back of his neck with three squares and what looks like a stylized ram's head. Anybody got Anything in archaeology? No. Of course not. Okay. Um, 
I have history. Uh, what did you roll? 15 on a 40? 80. 15, 15 on, on 80. 80, yeah. Okay, then, um, I don't know, tell me what you're doing with the kid. You know, you've seen these scenes, you see this tattoo, um, he appears to be, have gotten comfortable around you, you're obviously no longer at arm's length, um, because you had to touch lobes. Lobes. Um, but, uh. Doing the normal bend his fingers bend his toes, maybe take out the tactical light, shine it in each of his eyes, each of his ears, take the light and do the reflex test on his knees, and then I'm going to say, hey, Petrie, come over here for a second. And I'm going to shine it on that symbol. And the more visible i believe portion of the crisscrossing i'm going to try to make sure she can see that without alerting him that something's weird okay can i use my biology skill to maybe notice where these crisscrosses may be over particular sets of organs or organ systems or as you pull down you know like the blanket over his shoulders or whatever. It, it appears to be over his entire body. Okay. Do they appear to be surgery scars or just... Are they clean? Like, no jagged? What's your, what's your biology score? A 60. Your medicine score? My medicine score is a 20. Okay, so they look cleaner than any surgery scar you've ever seen like they're almost undetectable right just it's just a, a slight color variation that, that reveals these scenes but none of that like raised scar tissue you would expect from even the most skilled um surgeon right but when you point the light over the the tattoo on the back of his neck by doing that, you notice a, a shadow gets cast that shouldn't, you know, like just like a nice smooth neck. But as you do it, there's this little shadow and you can notice that there is a very small lump beneath the tattoo. What would I say is the size and shape of the lump? Is it a shape or is it just a lump-like round? Is there anything striking about the shape of it at all? Um, yeah, it like the shape of a like a capsule, you know, like a. Shape and size of a Tylenol gel capper, whatever. Um, So I'm going to kind of move myself back around front to Brandon's face. Be like, um, um, Brandon, we've noticed there's a, a mark on your back. Do you know where that has come from or... 
Is it maybe a cool temporary tattoo that you got? He seems really nervous at any question that kind of leads to anything before yesterday or after July, whatever it was. June 22nd. Yeah, June 22nd, 1980. Um, and the, the curtains in the room ruffle. Good, good wind. But the window's closed. Um, guess the the tall people did, I guess. Okay, Brandon, I I know you're scared, but I promise you that me and my friend here are going to keep you safe. But in order for us to do that, we really need to have the whole story, because. That's how we help police officers, right? We tell the truth, and we let them help us, right? That's what my mommy said. Exactly, and I bet your mommy is the smartest and bravest woman you know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I need you to be brave like your mommy, and I need you to tell us what happened. Because it's the only way that we can help. And you want us to help you and other kids, right? Maybe, maybe somebody could help Evelyn and Thomas too. Huh? I would really like to help Evelyn and Thomas. Can you tell me about them? Give me a luck roll. A four. Super lucky. When he says Evelyn and Thomas, uh, memory pings in your head. As you were doing your search on, you know, about other um, missing children, one of the articles, you didn't find anything specifically, you know, about Evelyn and Thomas, but is part of the, the background and color of a particular article mentions that back in the early 1900s, there were two children, Evelyn and Thomas, the first recorded um, children to go missing from this area. They were they were never found. Okay. I was looking for my glasses. <laughs> Sometimes they're there. <laughs> so, Evelyn and Thomas, um, are they friends of yours or people you've met recently? Uh, they were they were my friends in in the blue place. Oh, the blue place is the blue place a nice place? I like it there. What didn't you like about it? Ah, uh, they feed me is this like great pasty stuff. Ew! No cookies, no nothing. No, it's, then they just just make me stay there and like sleep and then every now and then I'd be awake and I'd see Evelyn and Thomas and we could talk but I haven't seen them in a long time so I don't know what happened to them that's why you know you said good people could rescue the kids maybe they could get them we would certainly like to try where where is the blue place well it's down okay down 
How did you get to the blue place? I was with my mommy and my daddy, and then, then I just wasn't anymore. Right. Okay. They were like, it was like caves, but they were kind of blue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the tall people, you know, they were weird because, like, sometimes you could kind of see through them. Ooh. But other times you could, they, you didn't, and you could just see them. You know what I'm saying? I do. You know, like in, uh, like in 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 the Scooby Doo com cartoons, you know, like you they show you this ghost and he's kind of like you can see through him, but then later you figure out it was just Old Man Jenkins. Yeah. And so, like, how come you can't see? It never made sense to me in those comics cartoons that. You know, at the beginning of the show, the ghost was all see through like, and then it just became, and then sometimes they said it with cameras and stuff, I think. I mean, it's been a while, but you know, it was I, like that, you know what I mean? I do. I never thought of it like that. You're pretty smart, Brandon. I bet that you're so smart that you noticed some things about the blue place, the caverns. Something that maybe other kids wouldn't have noticed, but you're Brandon. You're really smart. My mommy says I'm pretty smart. Yeah, you are. I can say Huckleberry. And you can. Because like, she said, I can't believe you could say that because a lot of people can't say that. But can you say Huckleberry? Huckleberry. And yeah, you're smart too. So, wait, they... wait, wait, wait. Oh. boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not. not as smart as us. <laughs> no, he's not. So, did you notice anything special about the Blue Place or even the Huckleberries? No, I just remember the huckleberries and the food, but um, mostly they just they feed me. What? It was just weird in there. Um, It was just like there were these these things. They kind of look like other kids, but they weren't. They weren't kids. It was like. They were like, oh, it was like they were dead, mm-hmm. and maybe different parts or pieces of different kids. But then the the tall guys could make them move around and stuff. But I didn't like looking at them so much. So that's when I would just go ahead and go to sleep like they wanted me to. Right now, in the blue place, did you? get all these these lines here and I'm gonna like point to his hand or something and is that did these happen in the blue place yeah um so he starts chin's quivering maybe he's shaking a little bit um, as opposed to little rattlings here and there, or the fluff, flutter of the uh, the curtains. There's a filing cabinet against the wall, and all three doors of the filing cabinet come sliding all the way out to the stopper, and they slam back in, slide it out, slam back in. 
And I have to make a roll for the kid. I don't like that. I'm not trying to bogart the conversation. So, um, yeah, uh, this whole conversation you see has had a, a toll on Brandon. Um, his sake. Right. Code word for he just made a sanity roll. Um, and he lost a little. Um, yeah. And he... Uh, he overcomes it by just going with anger. And that's about when the, the file cabinet slam open, slam shut. And he, he throws the blanket off of him. He's so hot in here. Um, it is a comfortable 68 degrees in this place. Jones, I think we need to give him a little time, maybe. Go check out where he was found. Okay. We only have a couple hours till his parents get here, so I guess we should make it quick. Brandon, you have been absolutely wonderful, and I'm going to come back and see you in a little bit, but I'm going to go peek around and see what we can find. I'm going to do some investigating, just like in Scooby-Doo, okay? So is there any information that I need to know? If I was part of the Scooby gang, what would I need to know? To find this old man Jenkins. Uh, he is, even though he said he was he was hot in here, he is hugging himself. Um, and you see him really clench hard, hard enough that his fingernails kind of scratch into his skin. Um, not like draw blood, but you know how like, it just gets a little red, like little blood droplets or mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of like that. Um, you notice that. And he, he, he just shakes his head. Um, okay. Will you stay here? You be good for the ranger and I'll be back. Okay. Sure. Give me an alertness roll. Both of them. Thirty-four. A twenty-three success. on a fifty. Are there degrees of success in this? No. Okay. No, but they just increase the chances of getting critical successes by the doubles thing. Um, in contested situations, then it, it, if you both succeed, then whoever rolled higher would win. Okay. Which is a little unintuitive, right? You want to roll under your score, but if we both run under your score, which one of you one of you rolled higher under your score? Closer to the number. And so it's the price is right theory. Yeah. Closer without going over. Right. Got it. <clears throat> well, so you both succeeded? Mm-hmm. All right. So as you turn and start to go away, um, I mean, it was really, really small scratches on his arm. But you notice them immediately start to heal. Like almost the scratch in reverse. It just, the scratches are gone. 
So we'll walk back out to the ranger. Yep. Uh, Ranger Gallegos, could we go to the spot where he was found and also the spot, the devil's chair, where he was missing from originally? Purportedly. Purportedly. The spot where 40 years ago a child went missing? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Devil's Chair is about a kilometer or so to the to the northeast. Um, I could take you out there in one of the jeeps uh, if you want to check out where I found him. It's just right over there. She nods her head towards the little camping area there at the trailhead. Um, we could just walk over there, but um, but why don't we go ahead and get in the jeep? We can drive there, and then we'll already have the jeep and can head over to. To uh, Devil's Chair. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Um, so you get over there. There are folks putting uh, stuff into tents, taking tents down, getting ready to go, pack, backpacking, or whatever. Um, the cloud cover has gotten fuller and darker. These sort of look like storm clouds. Rolling in, you see the the ranger look at us. That doesn't look good. It looks like we're going to get a real squall here in a little while. Yeah, well, then we best make this quick. Where did it look like he was coming so she from? She walks kind of through the, the camping area, well, past the open area to close to the line of uh, trees for the forest. And right about here, I was... Kind of doing a perimeter walk on the camping area, you know, uh, make sure things were cleaned up and everything was hunky dory. And I, there he was walking towards me. I assume he came out of the woods and went to the area. How far away are the woods? 40, 50 yards. I'm going to do a brisk walk over to the tree line. Mm -hmm. um, do I see anything? No. No. Do I happen to see any footprints or disturbed? Do you got any kind of skill that would go in there? Survival? I have survival. What's your skill in that? Fitty. Okay. Um. Yeah, there are some paths. Um. Uh, it's kind of grassy, so it's hard to really see footprints, but you can see where grass has been, you know, stepped on and pushed down. But there are several little paths, you know, like somebody went out and pissed in the woods last night. Um, it's really hard to tell which way they're coming. You know, you spend a little more time, and you could probably tell by which way the grass is laying, whether it was somebody heading towards the woods or, or coming from the woods. But um, really hard to get any idea of size. But uh, yeah, there are tracks that lead into the woods or out of the woods. I'll walk back. While he's having walked, I'm going to talk to the ranger. Um, you know, I've never uh, made it out this far. Um, I always wanted to visit. Uh, can you tell me anything about, you know, this area? Like some of the natural wonders? Yeah, so 
Hetch Hetchy Reservoir is right up there. It's a favorite fishing spot for some. Uh, we got great, uh, you know, landscape loved by the hitchhikers. Of course, the Devil's Chair, which a lot of people like to come see. It's just a just basalt that you know got shoved up out of the ground millions of years ago in the Mesozoic period. Huh. I'm making that up because I don't know. We're not going to fact check um, it. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, the dam's nothing to look like. Is you know not like Hoover or anything. It's totally utilitarian and not at all meant for architectural prowess or whatever. It's off limits to anybody. Anyway, it's all um, fenced in, concertina or what around the top to keep yahoos from deciding they're going to do crazy back, things. Yeah, backwards off the dam. I got you. Yeah. Um, one thing, I've always wanted to do like some spelunking. Any good cave systems in the area? Not really around here. I mean, there are some in the park, but you got to go you know, way to to the north end of the park before uh, you're going to find any caves. They're really not part of the, the natural features around here. I got you. Is that just where the cave openings are? Do they sprawl underneath, or is it you know kind of just localized in that area? It's kind of localized up in okay. that area. Okay. Well, I'll have to check that out on my next vacation if I ever get one of those. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. You know, people think I have a vacation every day because this is what I do. And in some ways it is, right? I, 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 I mean, if you love your work, obviously. Yeah. But it is work. It, yeah, no. Dealing with the public work everybody um, comes out here on vacation i go on vacation i want to go to the city <laughs> go see something new i'm with you um oh welcome back uh <coughs> so you want to head did you find anything you want to head off to Wait yeah. up, what was, okay. let's go check out the chair yeah let's go uh if you don't mind if we could check out the original reported abduction site sure yeah. so you guys get in the, the jeep and she starts driving you northeast um not even something you call a road, but there's kind of a, a trail with like two ruts in it where it looks like the Jeep is, has gone, but mostly it's just walkers who, who head up that way. Um, uh, it's only a kilometer away, so in a couple of minutes, um, you pull up there and uh, there it is. It's this weird rock formation that um, the basalt is very crystal-like and something caused it to shatter and it broke in a certain way that makes it look like it's kind of like a throne and so because the, the black nature and she's explaining obviously the black nature of the basalt and you know how um, dark it is <coughs> somewhere along the line somebody decided to call it the devil's chair um, I assume because of the, the dark color or so the legends go and and the jagged edges. It doesn't look like something somebody nice would want to sit on. You know <laughs> okay. what I'm saying? I, I gotcha. Uh, I did hear that there's a lot of huckleberries that grow in this area. I don't, I don't know that I know what a huckleberry is. <laughs> this place is full of them and it's July. So come on, I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah, the Jeep. Like little thorny bushes. For those of you who know huckleberries, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Well, make it up. Stay into the mind. Um, with little berries on them. I'm not even going to hazard color here because somebody <laughs> will definitely tell me I'm wrong. Um, and the place is riddled with them. You know, uh, they look like the kind of plant that would survive well in like dry drought conditions. And while there's forests and trees, you can tell that the landscape is that typical 
western landscape prone uh, to dry mm-hmm, times. scrub uh, bushes and whatnot and this particular plant does well in this area hmm. and uh, there are huckleberries galore are they edible or uh, they are i don't particularly care for the taste uh, some people say really you need to prepare them hmm. the right way but you could like, pick one right off the vine and eat yeah. it if you'd like Sounds like it's kind of like a muscadine. I don't know if you've ever been down to the south. They have a very similar plant down there. Not very good deep, but... I'm not familiar with that, but uh, the name just doesn't even sound tasty, does it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's better than their other name, Scuppernongs. Scuppernongs. (laughs) Yeah, neither one makes you want to just pop one in your mouth, does it? Um, (laughs) At least Huckleberry is amusing. Yeah. So, um... This is where the report from 1979 states that this young man went missing. That was uh, June 20-something of 1980. Oh, my apologies. Um, It's okay. Somebody probably somewhere gave you wrong information way at the beginning of the show. Yeah. No. I probably just misread it in my my files here. But um, does your office keep any kind of records on those kind of disappearances is there any information that you might have you know just yeah, to fact any time one of our rangers um is the first reporter you know, of of a missing child of course we we have that in our in our records uh, if we're ever involved in a search for a child that uh, we didn't discover was missing somebody else did but you know of course there's a record Certainly. of that as well um so yeah, uh, you know, you're only going to find about three years worth of records back there at the ranger station, and after that, they're carted off, digitized, right. stored somewhere. Certainly. Do you have uh, access to any of those digital storage files? Yeah, there's a park ranger service database that we can. Okay. Go to all that. Wonderful. Uh, we're going to take a few minutes to to look around, just you know. Cover all our bases, and then uh, we'll be right back with you, if that's all right. Oh, sure. So she just got the hint. I'll just, I'll, I'll be over here at, at the Jeep. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank but, you. Uh, you might, might want to make it quick. She looks up at the sky, and you hear a distant rumble of thunder. And maybe uh, the first fat drop. You know those fat drops of rain? The big ones. Yeah, not that the little drizzly one. No. Yeah. Um hit the ground or maybe your shoulder or something like that. Okay. So we'll walk out of our shot. I'm going to, while we're walking, I'm going to be scanning for anything that looks like underneath the huckleberries, especially anything that looks like a hole or cave opening. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your alert? Yes. 80. Yeah. Um, how much time you want to spend doing this? Um, I don't want to spend significant time. It's more of a, while we're walking to other things, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for. That. Yeah, the ground appears pretty firm, dry, cracking in a couple places, like maybe it rained in a while, but it's about to get a good one. Um but you don't see any openings on the ground. Okay. Weird question. Do I have cell phone service? Give me a luck roll at a minus 
sorry, a plus 20. Which is worse. My, uh, roll yours, add 20 to what you roll. And stay under 50 for a while. Right, so it's a penalty <laughs> in the form of a plus. A 49. That's after adding the 20? Nope, that's before the 20. <laughs> yeah, so you look at your thing and it is like nothing. No bars. Probably, I don't know who your carrier is, but maybe even there's a little words up there that says no service. Okay. When I see her looking for bars, going to just pipe in and say, if you're not getting service, it's possible we could get on comms and the agent would be able to look something up. It's possible. Uh, so I guess I'll do whatever I need to do to my comms. Uh, agent Jace, come in. Over. Give me another look, bro. No penalties. In fact, I'll give you a 20% bonus on this one. So whatever, you're also subtract 20. A 51, so a 31. I'm rolling like right there dice? on the cusp of 50. She's got the average dice. <laughs> but that's kind of good when we get contesting stuff later because right. it's right there. It's right there. Uh, yeah, this is Jace. Um, yeah, Over. I'm... Over. I'm uh, either needing some assistance with some cell phone coverage, or I'm going to need you to look up some uh, ecological data from the EPA. You see here some typing on her over the comms. You can hear it. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get any cell phone service out there. Um, Hold on, let me put up a cell tower for you. <laughs> I don't know what the FBI is capable of. <laughs> All right, well, um, can you give me some ecological data on this area? You know, any overhead satellite images, um, depth scanning images that the EPA would have on file, um, washout, rainy season. It, basically, I'm from this guy, I'm trying to get the information of, am I going to be able to see, like, oh, the water always seems to run out this side and there's likely a cave system there, have we done any kind of depth performance like into the ground to see about any ecological damage done in this area? Do we have any kind of topographical information? Sure. So there's some typing away on her computer. Mostly igneous rock. Some stuff. Um, trees. No, uh, no indication of any... Uh, um, cave or cavern systems. There is the Hatchetchee Reservoir and a dam there that provides hydroelectric uh, power to some others. Um, moved on. Um, Devil's Chair, water. Sir, oh, this is interesting. Um, it says here that um, the reports are that every time a child went missing in that area, um, there's a large storm, a lot of rain at those times. Um, okay. Yeah, pulling this from found a, or, uh, some kind of summary by a senior ranger at the time discussing the phenomenon of children going missing. Just a kind of a footnote in his uh, report about. Uh, Onlookers always reporting rain at or near the time of the, the disappearances. Yes, I believe I read that report on the way over. All right. Um, well, I appreciate that, Jace. Thank you. Over. 
Jason. Out. Out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting anything uh, topographically for any kind of subterranean issues, um, any kind of strange washout, just a notation of uh, strange weather after disappearances of children. Uh, heavy rainfall. Which... Yeah, it seems a little fortuitous at the Just moment. Just a bit. I have concerns about this Hitachi River and the dam associated. It's off-limits. The young man made a point to tell us that you couldn't swim in it. Um, the Devil's Chair is relatively close to the dam. No? Yeah, I mean, they're all in the same area. Right. There's probably a kilometer, kilometer yeah. and a half. We're not talking miles of distance. No, no. no. It's like, probably like it's... A kilometer to from the ranger station to the devil's chair, but it's a kilometer and a half to the dam, but it's not like a straight line. It's like sitting on it's okay. a kilometer and a half over to the actual reservoir itself. Right. So yeah, you could surmise it's a half a kilometer, maybe a little more, um, between the chair and the dam. Certainly. Um do you think our clearance as FBI agents would allow us to get into the restricted area? I think with the right turn of phrase, it might. If the young man had reported something to do with the dam and the reservoir, we would have an obligation to investigate. I don't think we need to be poking or prodding too much more at him. No. But she doesn't know. Sure. It's worth a shot. All done here? Is there anything else that you wanted to check out? Did you want to actually investigate the chair itself? Do you want to just sit in it? On the chopper, you were looking at case files, right? Yeah. Were all of the disappearances around the chair? There wasn't a ton of information on the other cases. Um, I found some various clips and then um, lost signal, and I haven't been able to get much more out of it. Um I did come across about some children, Tommy and Evelyn, Thomas and Evelyn, that went missing in the early 1900s, which was startling that this young man knew anything about them. Um, but all within the vicinity of this area, there was a note from the same source that Jace just told us about, saying that areas that were particularly heavily coated in huckleberries seemed to be hot spots for children to go missing. So not just the chair. Not just the chair, but the chair just happens to be rightfully propagated with Huckleberry. And it's right. also a tourist attraction where a lot of parents would take children, so I think that's more coincidental of the chair than incidental of the chair. Maybe we should go on and head up to the dam then. I don't think the chair is of particular importance. I haven't found anything too important here. Okay. So we will head back to the ranger. <clears throat> All right, so you probably got, I don't know, um, 75 yard walk back to the Jeep where the Ranger is uh, sitting on the inside. And um, as you're walking back, there's a crack of uh, lightning followed very soon after by the clap of thunder. And the rain starts coming down. Um, it starts just a few drops and then it gets a little bit more. And by the time you get back 
to the Jeep, you were, you're, you're going faster because it's really starting to come down. It's the beginnings of a very heavy rain. And you guys jump into the Jeep, uh, and you are already drenched. Oh. Well, that came on quickly. Yeah, um, it's like that around here sometimes. Um, but yeah, we need uh, we need to get back to the ranger station. The, uh, yeah, certainly. Um, With weather like this, some of the campers are going to want to take shelter inside the, yeah. the ranger station. I really need to be there. So certainly, uh, would it be possible maybe for us to borrow your jeep? Like drop you off and borrow your jeep. We just would like to check out a little bit more of the surrounding area just to make sure that we're. Really informed on on all the information, um, you know. We're not going to be going out and you know digging any trenches in this kind of weather, but we just want to take a quick route about. Well, I, I really wouldn't re- recommend it. These roads wash out pretty quickly. I mean, you can see it's all dirty, but uh, dirt roads. But you know, if you make it quick, you could probably, you know, run out yeah. and run back, but. If you if you're gone too long, you're going to find yourself stuck out there, even with the four wheel drive. And uh, there'll be a while before we can come get you. Okay. Well, let's head back to the range station, and then um, my colleague and I will decide if we think it's worth risking. <clears throat> okay. So you head back to the range station. She pulls up out out front of it, uh, gets out, uh, leaves the keys in it for you. Um, there are uh, campers, backpackers, you know. Few of them straggling up to get up underneath the the covered patio, and you know some even walking inside. Some are still over at their campsite. Some are throwing quickly throwing gear into their vehicles and, and right. starting to just starting to head out. Um, can I look out the window and search the skies for what may or may not be a focal point of this storm? Like, you know, there's sometimes there's storms that has like a really dark area and you know that like that's like <laughs> the chunk of it and it hasn't quite made it to you yet. <clears throat> no, the, everything just looks really, really, dark. really dark. Okay. Do you, uh, do you think it's worth trying to go up to the reservoir now or you want to see if this rain lets out any? No, I think we should probably go now if... Somebody is taking a kid to the dam or the reservoir. Might be able to catch them in the act. Okay. Um, on a scale of, you know, one to ten, how good of a driver do you think you are? Twenty. I'll drive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, uh... Instead of getting out in the rain, I'm going to do the thing, you know, like Slide one leg over, over the <laughs> center console and pop into the, the seat. Yeah, because, you know, Jeeps have a pronounced center hump. No. <laughs> so uh, I will get in Jeep and I'm going to take off in the direction of the reservoir. Sure. Gated um, place. Yeah. So you, you go back kind of on the, the road that you took up towards... Uh, Devil's chair, and then there's a little branch off, and probably just a little wooden signpost with a hand painted sign that says Hetch Hetchy Reservoir and points off to the right. So you take that 
that fork and in a, a little while you're there um and uh you know you see like not really beach area but um shore area um a couple of signs you know um swimming not not permitted uh fishing with license only and then, you know some fine print you know children under 12 can fish without a license yada 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 um, sea ranger to purchase license, little shit like that. Um, the water is just, it's roiling the, the water, the huge droplets that are, are hitting it. And then the wind that's going, it's, uh, it's pretty active water. And as you look out over it, uh, you actually see a kind of a water spout, um, out and towards the middle of it, uh, start to form and the water rise up as the, you know, circular wind in that area starts to lift some of the water up. It looks like a little water tornado. Uh, it's not big by any means, and it's kind of far off, but you can see it. Interesting little phenomena. 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 What color is the water? Water colored. Um, <laughs> are we talking like Tobo, or are we talking like... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's bluer, a little clear, but... It's a nice lake, not a not a muddy, ruddy lake. Yeah, it doesn't look like the. We live in Georgia; everything's clay, everything's and therefore clay. we have brown water. It's bluer than that, but it is not see the bottom clear. Gotcha. I wonder what a lake in real life would look like like that. I don't know if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> um. Let's make for the dam. Okay, so there's the dam, and then there's this, there's a building that's kind of like fenced off. Uh, so there is a little perimeter road around the 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 reservoir. You can take towards the dam. You'd be heading back kind of west, maybe a little bit to the north, so west northwest as you go around it. Um, and you get there, you no, know, it's it's like access to the dam itself is is fenced off. Like the fence goes across the road, goes across the field, and then like goes down to the water. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on the other side where it's kind of a, a a river, stream, creek. I don't know how big it is, um, and then the the lake or the reservoir on the other side, but. The fence is done in such a way that it would be really difficult to like go around the fence to get to the dam. Yeah. You know, um, and even if you did that, you know, actually access to walking across the dam, there's another set of fence there. So it's got a big gate, padlock, chained, and concertina wire over the top of it to keep yahoos out of the dam. Yahoos like us. Them damn yahoos. Damn yahoos. Okay, um, so we can take the perimeter road up there and just try to get a good look at the fence and see if, one, if we notice any damage to the fence, like, where there may be some, like, at some point, some kids really worked hard to, you know, find a break in the fence and manage to, like, pull it up in one area or something like that. Let's check out the gate. Like to go to the gate, 
check it out. I want to focus on the padlock. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hefty duty master lock keyed, not comboed. Does it look like it's open often? Yeah. It's not like rusted shut or whatever. Hard to tell how, how often, but it looks in good repair. And like if you put a key in it and turned it, it would open right up. How bad do we want to get in here? I'd really like to take a look, but I don't know how we're going to get in in a reasonable way in this kind of weather. We're not going to climb it. Well, this kind of weather is kind of a perk. I'm going to pull out my sidearm and press it to one side of the I was ring. I do like a fucking... I thought he was going to shoot it, so I'm, where are you going with this? Go for it. I was going to shoot it. Okay. Want me to roll? That always works in the movies, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know what the actuality of that is. Right. I've um, always wondered. Like, what? I feel like the bullet would just kind of like... I, I think you don't have to roll the the firearm skill. It's a passive target. <laughs> not going to so you can get point blank and all that stuff. So the question is whether or not, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen the movies, but I've also seen the commercial where somebody like shoots a, uh, a rifle <laughs> into a padlock and it's still holds. So give me a luck roll. That's kind of why I was trying on the bar part because it does seem like by now they would have fixed that. I got a nine. Oh, <laughs> Some well, good rolls. You're a forty caliber, um, whatever the heck. Smith it and Wesson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it uh, did a little number on it. It did, and uh, that lock is the lock itself looks good, but the the U bar, yeah, you took a chunk out of one side of it. I'm gonna. Finish pulling it off and open the gate. Nod to her to follow me in, and we're going to walk in. It's raining really hard right now. Um, so, yeah, you go in. Uh, you're kind of like in this alleyway with fencing because, you know, like I said, if you went around the fences, if you're that industrious, you're going to come up to another set of fences. But you go up there, there's a, uh, like a walkway that goes across the dam. Um, and it's got a, a wall that is probably six or seven feet tall, and uh, at least at the beginning, probably gets shorter towards the middle, but and then right off to the side, there's a door for like a mechanical room um, for operating the dam. I'd like to take a peek in there. Okay, um, door's locked. I pull out my side. <laughs> Just shoot all the locks. Who needs a lock pick? <laughs> Just shoot it. Can I try to force the door? Just yeah. put a little bit of force on it? Yeah. Um, give me a strength check. The strength times five number. I will not be able to help you with this. <laughs> not have good strength. 54 against 60. Yeah. Door opens. Uh, inside is a, is a control room. There's wheels and levers and stuff, and with a little steadying, you can figure out 
that some of them, you know, like close the sluice gates so the water stays in the reservoir, and some of them open it up a little bit. You can crank it down and open it up real good and just flood the whole area. Um, Any cameras? No. Anything else notable in here? Tools? I'm sure there are some tools like these huge freaking wrenches if you had to turn something on one of the yeah but I mean nothing like you know here's a little hammer and here's a screwdriver these are like big industrial sized tools for working on big industrial sized equipment right but mostly it's a control room what do you want to do with a dam that it can do you can do it in here so if something crazy happens we flood the whole place <laughs> alright any other um It'd be a good cover story. Yeah. Dam failed. There you go. <laughs> Hundreds of people died. <laughs> but, you know. But it was all natural. We keep getting natural. filing cabinets thrown on us. We might need to. <laughs> and this is the only uh, room that we see is this mechanical room. There's not, like, other doors? No. No, that's it. Um, it's not like a dam that is permanently manned right when somebody needs to they come out here open the door they go in they adjust some stuff they close the door they go out the gate and they lock up the gate they leave okay well that seems to have been a bust literally so while we're here in the dry um what else do we know we know something about the huckleberries and some kind of Blue cavernous place. I see no evidence of caves. They told us about the caves up north, but I highly doubt that that young boy made it from up there to down here. It's a long shot. It's a severe long shot. It's a long shot, but I'm kind of wondering what's underneath this reservoir. Is there a way for us to get beneath the reservoir? Well, first you drain it. <laughs> We're back to flooding. We're back to flooding. (laughs) I don't like the idea, but... I don't either. Could be possible. And then we have the issue of dealing with the young man who... And I meant to mention this to you earlier. Did you get the impression that the young man was creating disturbances in the room? Oh, very much, yes. So, a young man with some sort of supernatural proclivity... That was either present or not present when he was abducted. That we have to turn over to parents in a couple hours. I'm pretty sure we're not turning him over to parents. Then what do we do with the child? Because I'm not, um, I'm not down for killing a kid. <laughs> I mean, I will if I have to, but. <laughs> One, two. Um, and plus, there's so much information that young boy is not telling us. And I don't think we're going to get it out of him without getting various household items thrown at us. And it's obvious that it was hurting him having to think about it. And but not hurting him for long. He can obviously heal himself as well. Yeah, but you can't heal your brains. Can't heal your insides. You don't know that. The pain never stops. 
It's not a phase, Mom. Um, so what do we do? I mean, mission one is to neutralize any threats. Mission two is to cover up all those threats from the public. The only thing I've seen that's remotely threatening so far is the boy, but I don't know that he is a threat threat just yet. I think whatever took him is the bigger threat. Right. We can't talk to him very much more. Get, I don't think we're going to get much more out of him. So we've got to figure out through other means. Hmm. What do I have that we can use here? I'm going to tap my communicator. Agent Jace, come in. Give me a luck roll. She's got another job. 21. Jace here. There was a mark on the kid. Looked like three squares and a bull head. Stylized ram head. Stylized ram head. Green ink. Is there anything There's you could some, find out about that? You hear some tapping away um, on her keyboard. Um, and... She comes over. I can't tell you anything about the three squares, but uh, there's a stylized ram head uh, symbol that uh, is known uh, from uh, the Nahato. Uh, it's an Aztec language, and you know those that culture uh, proliferated up through this area. Uh, years ago, but uh, as a character, uh, basically means boy. Oh. All right. Appreciate it, Agent. Over and out. Chase out. So, obviously, some sort of lab setting. What do the three squares mean? How are the squares arranged? A straight line. He's six years old. Right? Yes. So possibly... An age thing where every square is two years. Possibly an ability thing. We know of at least two Possibly abilities. an ability thing. Honestly, I think our best option is we have to figure out how Brandon got out of the blue place caves. We gotta know if he walked himself out, if he just popped out. If he walked himself out, he could walk himself back in. 
I understand the risks to his psyche, but we gotta know. Okay. So, you ready to head back, or is there anything else you want to do here? Because I don't know that there's any place else for us to go. Nope. So we will try to head back. Okay. On our way go. out, I'm going to try to make sure to put the padlock as close to looking like nothing had happened, so that you'd have to be within five feet to actually be like, "Oh, the padlock." Yeah. Uh, so as you guys walk out, first of all, you notice it is raining even harder now. If that was possible, guess what? It is. It is coming down. Um, there's lightning flashing. Um, it is your big ass storm. But you take the time and <coughs> arrange the, the chain back around to the door and kind of prop the remains of the padlock back on on there. Yeah, if somebody walks up to this gate, they're going to immediately know. Like when they grab the padlock to put a key in, <laughs> it's just going to fall apart in their hands. But you'd have to get close to it to find out. Um, as you get to the Jeep, you notice that there, there's now water running on the dirt roads. So, what's your drive skill? 40. Okay. Yeah, so, you guys are heading back? Yes. All right. I was expecting the anticipatory. Make me a drive roll. No. Okay. No. Um, 40 was the limit. If you'd been under 40, you were going to make a drive roll, but, um, yeah. Okay. You're able to, to take your time a little bit. I mean, obviously you'd like to get out of this rain, um, but right. the hard tops on the Jeep, you're okay in here. It's a little slick. The Jeep fishtails a couple of times on you, you know, um, you're having to kind of navigate the, the, the ruts in the road, trying to stay up on the, the edge in the middle part of it so that you get good traction or whatever. And sometimes you slip down in it. And, but you make it back, back to the station, um, the ranger station. The your, your visibility is considerably limited now because of one, how dark it is and, and how much rain there is. But it looks like the campground. Though there are still a few tents or pop-ups there that a lot of folks have left, but there is nobody at the campground. And you pull up in front of the ranger station and get out and, you know, walk hunched over like that's going to keep you from getting wetter. I don't know why we do that, but we no. do. <laughs> um, up onto the the patio. There's a few folks there in the patio that are, like, just enjoying the rain uh, as you go inside, you can tell just by the buzz and the talking that in the common areas to the right of the entrance, there's a lot of um, people milling about, dripping onto the floors, looking at the windows, complaining about the weather and how it's ruining the trip or, or what. But all the remaining campers have taken shelter in the ranger station. So I'm going to head back to talk to Brandon. You loaded. I'm going with you. If any of you at any point in this scenario say, let's go, Brandon, you're out. Oh. You will die immediately. <laughs> okay. I won't do that. 
So, so um, you go in there. Uh, Brandon is sitting there. He has. Um, <clears throat> he, he doesn't have the blanket over him anymore. Um, somebody scrounged up like uh, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, which is all he really wants to put on. I'm glad to get that scratchy hot, hot blanket off of him. Right. Um, the temperature is dropping considerably. Uh, there is a you know nice lodgy looking fireplace over in one of the common areas, and people have cranked up a fire to help dry themselves off. But in the office. There's a ranger sitting at a desk, you know, kind of filling out some paperwork and maybe uh, occasionally looking up to kind of peer down the hallway and, and make sure everybody's chill and the kids just sitting there. Okay. Hey, Brandon, I'm back. Hi, Agent. Yeah, see, you got you some clothes. Uh, it's better than that blanket. Um... So, I know that we upset you a little earlier, and I apologize. Uh, it's okay. It's not your fault. I just don't like thinking about those things. I know, and I hate to ask you to, but it's, you know, it's important for us to be able to help your friends, the other kids, that we find how to get to them. And the last place you saw them was the blue place. So, do you think that maybe if we tried to be really calm and really quiet that you and I could think through and figure out how you got away from the blue place? If we stayed really calm. Yeah, like psychology or psychotherapy or... Well, everybody gets 10 in psychotherapy. I do have 50 in persuade. All right. Give me a persuade roll. A four. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try. I, I, I'll try. So I'm going to hold your hands, and we're going to close our eyes, and we're going to be real calm. We're going to do a couple deep breaths, and then you're going to try to tell me about how you left the blue place, Okay. Because your mom and dad are going to be here soon, and we're going to get to hug our mommy, and that's going to be amazing, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, um, so I was sleeping in the place that they had me, and, um, I had a really bad dream. And then I, I woke up, and... And the tall, the tall people that were, that were watching me, uh, like some of them were like laying on the ground, and others were running. Some of the things they had on the walls, they had stuff on the walls for like, from like Indian and olden times, but then they also had stuff on the walls from like our times. It's like they were collecting things. I don't know, but all that stuff was all on the ground and everything, and it's uh. I don't know. It's like I don't know. They were hurt or something. Those guys. It, um, and and I and I noticed then that that well, I I wasn't stuck where I was at anymore. I think because they were hurt. I couldn't. They couldn't talk in my head anymore. And uh, so uh, 
I just I, I stepped out of, of the place that they were having me sleep and and then I just thought I wish I was back where my mommy was and I just thought myself there. Okay. Do you think maybe you could think us to the blue place? I don't want to go to the blue place. Not you, Brandon. Us. Oh. I don't think I can do that. Do you think you could maybe think real hard of a door to the blue place? Well, it didn't have a door. But if you really thought, because it didn't have a door for you to get out, but maybe you could imagine a door that would let us go in. No, well, there weren't any doors. Well, did you see any any windows, any sunshine, anything that... No. No. Okay. Sometimes those tall guys, you know, I told you they were going to get, like, see-through-y. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they would just not be there anymore. I thought they probably thought themselves someplace else. Is there, do you, and you don't think you could think somebody away? I've never done it before. I don't think I can. Okay. When you would talk to your friends, Thomas and Ev- Evelyn? Evelyn. Hope that's right. I, we're going to say it's right. <laughs> um,. Were they able to do anything special? Like wish themselves away? No, not really. Was it just you who can do the special they, things? The green the, the the tall guys they treated me different than, than everybody else. Like I was I was special, but I didn't like that kind of being that kind of special. Right. I wanted them to stop looking at me. Did Evelyn and Thomas have any tattoos on their bodies? I don't know. I didn't think to look. Okay. I didn't know I had one until you just said it. Is it a cool one? Mommy it's, said I was too young to get tattoos. It's super cool. Uh, you you look really grown up. She reaches back like I've got a tattoo. You can see his eyes as he feels a little lump. Um. Okay. So. I saw you reach back there. Did you feel that, that little thing right there? I did. I'd like to take a closer look at it. Did it hurt when you touched it? No. Okay. Do you mind turning around so I can look at it a little better? Okay. Thank you. Um, you know how like if you put a flashlight up to flesh, it kind of goes translucently mm-hmm. pink? Could you take your flashlight and like put it right up next to the flesh to see if we can... Sure. I'll bring out the light and... Put it right on it. Make me an illumination roll. <laughs> uh, so, Gross. yeah. The, the I got a one. You got a fucking one. <laughs> the, um, yeah, so, like, light will pass through flesh. And, um, you can't make out anything other than there is a dark shape about the size of a Tylenol gel cap right underneath. The, uh, the flesh. You think we ought to remove it? 
From my knowledge of first aid, would removing it seem like something I would be able to do safely? Like if it's close enough to the skin, or if it feels like it's under muscles? Um, you probably think that when your um, survival knife is sharp enough, and the medicine or first aid cabinet over on the wall has got iodine or some other disinfectant, bandages. I'm going to walk over and grab some rubbing alcohol or some other sanitizing agent and some gauze and... Any chance that there's kind of like a a numbing agent in the first aid? Yeah, unless there's something like lidocaine or, or something, some topical um, numbing agent in there. Okay. All right, Brandon. Would you like for me to take that out? Well, I don't know. Is that going to hurt? Nope, because we have this special medicine here that goes right on top of your skin and makes you can't feel anything. And then you get to keep your really rad tattoo. Well, only a persuasion. You're asking the kid to agree to field surgery here. A 64 against a 50. I don't, I think, I, I, this is part of me. I, we should ask my mommy. I don't think I'm allowed to make that kind of decision. That's, that's fair. Um, By the way, the, the ranger has perked her ears up, and she's kind of got this one eyebrow right at you with this questioning look like, you're not seriously considering cutting a boy, are you? Do I notice that? Yeah. I'm going to walk over just very quietly. Ma'am, I believe he might have a tick embedded. I think I need to cut it out. I gave up a, a good look over. I, I don't think there's a tick there. But. You want to come look? Okay. Going to lead her over and point it out to her. I think the whole thing has gotten in under, and I think it needs to come on out. Unless you have a doctor nearby that we could get to do it. I think it's so I'll let you make a persuade roll. Um, I think given that she's a ranger and therefore kind of a naturalist <laughs> that I'm going to have you do this at a negative 20 to get her to believe that a capsule sized thing underneath her is somehow a tick. That would be a zero. So yeah, he only has a 20. Yeah. She's not buying it. right? no, like, I don't know what that is. It could be calcium deposit. Uh, I don't know, but no, you're not, you're not going to do that to this child. Um, Did you, when you were doing your super thorough examination, also miss his tattoo? Uh, Agent, I, I, I'm willing to concede your, your, your authority over the boy, um, but I don't think uh, sarcasm or demeaning comments is going to help anybody in this situation. Uh, 
I was looking for cuts, bruises, and lacerations. I did not see the tattoo. I'm not sure you had to make it sound quite as bad as you did, but I'm sure our agencies will find a way to have continuing support with each other because we work so well together. Well, um, why don't why don't we why don't we step out um, for a moment? From the porch, of which this office has a window onto the porch, um, one of the backpackers, hikers, campers, whatever they are, yells, what the hell is that? Uh, look out the window. Um, several of them are looking towards the tree line. Um, the opposite tree line from where the campsite was. This one is over kind of where the helicopter landing was that um, so you know there's the road that comes in the campsite was on one side of the field where you guys landed was on the other and both of them there's tree lines mm -hmm. um, uh, you really can't see anything from here because of the people on the porch uh, but some of them are murmuring and, and talking to each other and and you can hear somebody say I saw it too um, and others are going what what where Right over there. You didn't see it. Uh, Ranger, I think we ought to find out what the commotion is out there. Yeah, she's already getting up out of her chair. When, yeah, I'm going to follow behind. I'm going to run okay. towards the tree line. You're not even outside yet. <laughs> Once I get outside. Okay. Um. Yeah, so you go outside. And you start running towards the tree line. Do I see anything before I start running? No. Then I'm going to run. Okay. Um, so you start running. What are you doing? I'm going to stay with the ranger. Okay. So the rangers, what's what's going on? There was this man thing over there wearing black, but God, he was tall. And with that, I'm going to look at the ranger. You stay here and keep eye on these people. I'm going with my colleague and I'm going to take off after Okay. Scotch here. Cool. So, yeah, you guys are running towards the tree line. You cannot see a tall figure okay. um, over there. Um, and I don't know, it's probably about 50 yards. So, it takes you a few, probably 15 seconds to get there. Okay. You know, World-class athletes run a 40 yards in 4.3. You guys are not world-class athletes. You're not. You're, well, you might be. Um, you're wearing a suit. Nice that, shoes. Yeah. It's wet. Um, but I'm going to say it takes you 10 or 15 seconds to go. Okay. Uh, when you get to the tree line, the rain is a little easier to take because, you know, as you step into the tree line, you got a little bit of a break from, from the trees, but the water's still coming through just a lot less. Your visibility is a little bit better because the rain is not as driving in here. Um, so give me, what is it? It's not spot hidden. It's not notice. It's Alert. alertness. Alertness. Or search. 27 compared to an 80. Jeez, you put some points in that one, didn't you? <laughs> uh, 55 against a 50, so a fail. Okay. Is that, it's a 55, is that a critical... 
is a critical failure. That's the first one of those. Double digits is a, a critical failure. Too bad it happened that way. I failed either way. Yeah. Got rain in my eyes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I love your um. <laughs> my system. Your system of sticky notes. It's very organic. I am now thinking in retrospect I should not have run after you. I should have done something else and I didn't. I didn't realize it till after I said it. I was like, damn it. Will I ever find out what that something else was? Oh, I realized I probably should have gone and uh, been with the boy. Yeah, um, so Miss EPA agent in her regular life, um, yeah, the the run across the field, trying to keep up with uh, the special ops dude over here. Um, he just is, when did you oh, yeah. bad, right? Um, and uh, your, your pulse is pounding in your in your temples and your vision is a little blurry um and so i don't know for the next i'm gonna say five minutes you're uh negative 20 on any any kind of uh alertness search gotcha. kind of roles so um you do catch a glimpse of a really large figure uh, really tall figure um, probably 50 75 yards in but quickly not quickly just moves in such a way that now there are trees in the way between you and him and, and you can't see I would like to give chase to his last known position okay um Give me an agility roll. Is it agility? No, it's dexterity. That'll be on the five times number. So here's a 70. 48 against the 70. All right, so you're able to, you know, in this foresty situation, roots and branches and twigs and stuff uh you're able to make a good time and you get to the area where he was and you last saw him um and you know reach right around this tree because you think this is the one you hit there's nobody there is there any tracks in the mud uh yeah there are tracks in the mud and they go behind this tree right where you you know you you clocked him at um vanish they're gone i'm going to Go back to my comrade. I'm gonna do <laughs> a, a little moment. more thorough search of the immediate vicinity. We got it on film. The actual moment when a light comes on. <laughs> it's like, wait, search more. Is there any smells? Any residues? Electricity? Any trap doors? Interdimensional portals, you know, the, the yeah. norm. You, you don't find anything like that? Okay, I'm going to walk back to my comrade. Okay. 
Comrade Peachtree. Oh, uh, did you find anything? Yeah, I thought I was about to catch him, but he was completely gone. I think he did the thing Brandon was telling us about and just vanished. Yeah. Couldn't find anything on the ground. Didn't have any particular smell or other distinguishing features to the area. You all right? Yeah, I think I need to go to the gym more often. Uh, let's um, let's head back and and check on Brandon and see what's going on. Um, I probably should have stayed up there to begin with, but you were so compelling with your running. Whew. All right, yeah, let's go back. All right, light jog. You guys are completely drenched. Um, your your shoes are waterlogged and probably muddy. Um, at least from walking through the 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 road, you had to cross the little driveway and place to get there. Um, you get back up uh, to the ranger station and up onto the porch. the The ranger is kind of herding people inside and just wants everybody uh, inside and. Um, the uh, you hear talk about I bet it was a Sasquatch or something like that. He didn't, the rain's too hard. You couldn't have seen anything over there. It's just probably just rain falling harder in a particular spot. You, you know, there's conspiracy theorists. There's people telling I know what I saw and there's other people saying there's nothing to it at all. Um, but yeah, they've all all moved inside. And the ranger has gone into the common areas with them to try and get everybody to calm down, add some sense of some order to the place. Um, now that porch is facing south. In the common area, there are some windows that face to the east. And while she's calming everybody down, somebody at one of those windows, there it is, and. Um, points, you know, through the window to the line of trees on the other side, the one over by the camping area. Um, there's two of them. And, you know, people crushing each other, trying to get to the the two, three-foot-wide windows that are over there and, and look out. The ranger is, like, frustrated because she was trying to get everybody to calm down and everything, and they just saw sped back up. So cue up the Scooby-Doo mu- music because I'm going running again. Here we go. It's uh, montage time. Bunch of doors. <coughs> and you are? Staying. And doing? Uh, pulling the ranger aside. Um, so in my interview with Brandon, he mentioned very tall men were the ones who took him. And that's what your campers are seeing outside. So I need you to either get control of these people or I'm going to. For their safety, for that boy's safety, we have to get it under control while my colleague goes and investigates to be sure that whoever took this little boy is not trying to take him or any of these other people again. All right, look, um, we've got other common rooms upstairs. Uh, Why don't I get them up there? Uh, There's still windows, but less up there. So, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll work on that. Look, I just got word that the kid's parents uh, have landed and they've 
with a rental car, they've made it to Yosemite, but they're being held at the at the entrance to the park because the weather and the roads, just, they can't get up here right now. So I, I got to deal with that. Like, I was really hoping they would come and get this kid. That would be one less thing I have to worry about here. But um, So she goes about trying to get everybody upstairs. There are the early adopters. There's authority. Let's do it, they say. And then some stragglers. She's having to be a little more forceful with them. But that's what she's working on. Okay. Over to you. Sprinting across the uh, field the other way. Um Give me a give me an alertness roll. At a minus twenty because of the uh, rain lowered visibility. Do you want me to add the twenty to my number before I give it to you or after? <laughs> before. I got a one eleven. <laughs> one eleven. <laughs> Well, there's nothing about triples. <laughs> only doubles, so we're not going to call that a fumble. Um, it's still over 100. <laughs> yeah, so the rain has come down, uh, and you are really just running in the direction you saw people pointing at through a window inside to outside. But, yeah. Um, and, again, it takes you 15 or 20 seconds to, to run over to that area. Um Give me an agility roll. Not agility. Uh, Dex. Dexterity roll. <laughs> that made it all the way back over here. <laughs> he rolled another 91. <laughs> Break out your dunce chair. <laughs> it is time. Where's the dice jails? <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're almost there, and wet ground, wet shoes, <laughs> um, nice slick sole dress shoes, and you just face plant <laughs> to the mud, um, and it's going to take you a few seconds to to get up. And then you got to reach down and pick up your pride. <laughs> I get up, and there's mud dripping off of my face with every new drop of rain, and there's at least three blades of grass I have to pick out of my teeth. Ate it. And I disgustedly sling, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you, sling the excess of water and mud that I've been scraping off my face down to the ground and real irritated at this point. Strips naked, starts running. So are you going to continue to the forest or back to the ranger station? I am going, instead of going back to the ranger station, I am going to just do a perimeter walk of the tree line. Okay, that's going to take a bit of time. Right? I understand. There's big field on one side where a helicopter landed, big open area on the other side of the campsite was at. Um, it's kind of U-shaped, the, the tree line, right? And then it opens up into the rest of the park where the road you took to go see the reservoir and the dam we're at. Um, but absolutely, you can you can walk uh, walk that perimeter perimeter line um, back to you. Yes. Um, what are you doing? I'm going to go back into the room with Brandon while the ranger goes upstairs to wrangle people. Yep. So a lot of people are moving upstairs. The the ranger is still downstairs getting the 
the late adopters um, to move along. Of course, some are right. being people. Right. So, yeah. So you're <clears> back <throat> in the room with, with Brandon. Uh, hi, sweetie. Um, They're coming. Yeah. I, I could feel them coming. They're too far away right now. I almost, they were trying to talk. When they when they talk to you, what kind of things do they say? They want me to come with them. Do you know why? They need me. For what? I don't know. But that's why they kept me and they were feeding me and, and doing experiments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other kids. They, they have special... Okay. Um, Brandon, I need you to, to, to try to think and, and try to pinpoint where you're feeling them coming from. Can you do that for me? Almost like you're a compass. Give me a persuade roll. I don't think the kid wants to try to mentally be in contact with these folks and he's actually trying to avoid it and you're asking him to kind of open up to it. A 39 on a 50. Okay. Um, he closes his eyes and uh, you can noticeably feel uh, like the air move in this room like there's a breeze, but again, the windows are closed. Um, maybe a little shuffling or rattling of paper on desk. Um, and then he, he points towards the south, kind of where you guys just ran to. Is this over there? Okay. And over there. And over there. There. Let Monk go over the radio. Scott, you've got at least four incoming. And I'm going to give him very technical military sounding clicks to the north time things. <laughs> it's going to sound very impressive to Scott. <laughs> Theater of the mind, people. Um, Brandon's Theater of the mind people. That should be our next scenario. <laughs> the mind the people. The mind people. Well, these kind of are the mind people. They are. Um, so. Um, Brandon's saying that they're trying to be in contact with him. They're trying to come get him. Um, I say you make your way back here. We don't need to have you split off, or you need to find cover, or you need to find a way to not be in the out in the open. So figure out what you're doing, Scotch, and do it. You know, Over. if I can bag one of these, we can probably ask it a few questions. I mean, yeah, that's true, but... Uh... That's only if you survive, and if it's four against one, I have all the faith in you, but <laughs> that's a odds. That's a bet I wouldn't take. When I saw a glimpse of the thing earlier, did it have a bulge? 
like it was carrying a weapon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you weren't that close. Um, uh, when you <clears throat> finally saw it, it was 50 or 75 yards into the forest. Um, so you really just saw shape. Pretty tall. From that distance, you would have estimated it to be somewhere between 7 and 10 feet tall. Um, but... Uh, can I do a scan of the area I'm in? Am I in one of the areas that she was describing to me? Ah, okay, I get it. Uh, and she was giving the highly clicks. technical military <laughs> clicks to the north. I'm sorry, I don't know things. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the points she said was the kid had indicated. Um, 120 degrees from the from the cabin, right? And you started over on the east side and were working your way around. So I think if you continue on, on your on your path, you would really quickly be at the the south south uh, the southeast direction from the ranger station. I'm going to ready my sidearm, and I'm going to try to not make a whole, whole lot of noise. I'm not stomping through the mud puddles, but I'm moving as fast as I can, taking care to not make a ton of noise in that direction. Okay. Um, give me a... What's your stone? Fitty. Okay. Fit. No need for roll. You're 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 trained in this, so you're moving in that direction. You now blend in with the terrain. <laughs> I am now raindrop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Um, you move in that direction, and you see probably twenty or thirty yards ahead of you. A large, kind of greenish-blue figure. This one standing about 12 feet tall. Humanoid. Um, dressed in a loincloth. Kind of step out from the edge of the of the forest um, and it is scanning around so let's do an opposed roll your stealth to his alertness I just threw my dice <laughs> I've got better ones here I hope nope. no no <laughs> <laughs> I got a 78 <clears throat> which is a fail yeah um so let's see if he succeeds. If he fails, it'll be no biggie, right? No biggie. As he steps out, Right, and you're just kind of amazed at one, how tall he is, this weird bluish-green tint to his skin, and that all he's wearing in this weather is a loincloth, and you see his head go. 
and he turns and he looks you directly in your direction. Let's go back to you. Yay! Are you are you sensing anything, Bryn? Is anything going on? Just like they're after, and they're, they want to come. They want me to come out there, or they they don't want to come in here. They want me to come out there. But um, as you're having this discussion with him, you hear a loud ruckus from the common room where the uh, the ranger is trying to get the last few stragglers to come in. Um. So I'm going to step out into the hallway and look out towards the common room. Uh, you come out of the hallway and are able to peer into the common room just to see, in time to see one of the campers um, kind of go glassy-eyed and then shove their way past the ranger running towards the office room that you're in. I am ducking back in the room and shutting the door and bracing against it. Okay, give me a quick agility check. No. <laughs> I don't have good things in that. That's dexterity. Uh, well, not too bad. Oh, 45 against the 60. All right, so you slam the door shut, wedge your body against it as you're like fumbling with the lock, and by that time you hear body slam against it and start trying to get in um, for about five or six seconds. And then it stops and you don't know why. You hear footsteps walk away from the door. Okay. Um, is this a solid door or is it like one of those office doors that has like a window? When do we think at the top? Uh, no, it's actually pretty solid. Um, they probably put a, a fireproof door here at this place in case the rest of the the building caught fire. There'd be some protection for the records and, right. and stuff like that. Now, you know, eventually the fire is going to consume the whole building, but it wasn't going to come through the door. Um, you hear some. Can't make out the words because it's a closed door, but you can hear. Uh, Ranger Gallegos's voice telling somebody to calm down, get on the floor, that kind of thing. You know, they are um, law enforcement. You know, so the rest of you law enforcement people might, you know, like snicker and make jokes about them. They are trying law enforcement, and she, you can hear that coming out in her the voice. The authoritative. Mm -hmm. Um. Brandon, I need you to. I need you to get up underneath. Is there? He's on like a bed, or is he like under a, a just, chair? He's just like on an office chair. Okay. I need you to get up under the desk for just a little bit, sweetie. Okay. Can you do that? He looks at you, and let's go back to you. Yeah, I know that was terrible. That's place. shitty. <laughs> All right. So the guy just turned and looked at you. Um. What's your decks? Oh, you don't want to roll. You want the number. My dex is 70. You know how when somebody and you make eye contact in public and there's like, it feels like time slows down and you spend forever staring into their eyes? That's what's happening to you right now. Yeah. Um, we're in a combat situation and you go first. 
I am going By the way, to. PV says in chat, free tip, <clears throat> Delta Green. You don't want stuff looking at you. <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure that out pretty soon. Already there. Um, I'm going to do a called shot on the leg, left leg. Which leg is closer to me? Is there a closer leg? Mm-hmm. So he, he, his right leg would be closer yeah. to you then based right on leg. The, the geometry of it all. Theater of the mind, people. So perfectly clear in my head. The question is, you. can I make it that way in your head? <laughs> Probably not. I'm there. Um, all right, so called shot. I think normally... It would be a twenty percent. So normally, uh, for like just going for a limb, it would probably minus forty percent. But this guy is huge, so his leg is large. So I'm going to give you a little bit better than that. So we're going to do minus twenty percent on this uh, firearms. I rolled a seventy-two against a sixty, so ninety-two. Okay, so your shot goes a little wide. You can hear it or see it hit the ground just past him. You miss him. Uh, And then you watch as he just phases out. But you know what I need from you? What? Power roll? Sanity roll. Okay. Eighty-two against a fifty. Okay, it's a one d four sand loss. First sand loss of the game. I apparently need to go find those dice. Like <laughs> four. <laughs> Start throwing all the dice. All the dice flips the table. <laughs> all right, so tell me what that looks like. Now, um, it's just an immediate reaction. It's not a temporary insanity or anything like that, but. That has a physical or psychological effect on you, right? And so this weird creature just turned and made eye contact with you. You brought your gun up and fired off a shot and missed him. And he's so. Uh, what did that whole thing look like to you, and how are you reacting? Well, he's seen some stuff, but he's never had an enemy just vanish like that and he's immediately a little bit scared because he's used to ducking behind cover or coming out aggressively he doesn't know how to fight this and he's taken aback and a little bit perturbed by the feeling of I don't know what to do against this. And he's not a person who 
gets put in positions often where he doesn't know what to do. He's got military training. He almost always has an answer for everything, and he doesn't really have an answer for this right now. Perfect military answer. Don't get scared. Get angry. I like that. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's jump back to you. You just asked the child to... Get under the desk. But he points across the room. Mm-mm. He points across the room to the south-facing window. And about the same time that he points, you hear on the window. And my heart literally fluttered. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, you do what? Shit myself. <laughs> Hope you wore your brown <laughs> pants. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> preface, I like to believe that I have spent a couple years with Delta Green and I've, even though I'm not military per se, that I have developed a few things from watching my compatriots. And it's one of those, when you have that uh-oh feeling, to immediately, like, train the gun and turn with the firearm and it's not just like oh how do you do it's a it's a a reflex thing that i've been working on probably going to the firing range and doing all that stuff so i like think i pull out of my side holster and i turn with the gun very slowly (laughs) and kind of turn my body to between the window and brandon okay so as you turn to the window gun at the ready um you see through the slightly parted curtains a child. You cannot see all of the face because of the curtains, but based on how far up the head comes and everything. And from what you can see, because uh, the curtains are a little more apart towards the bottom of the windowsill yeah. than they are at the top, um, this child appears to be naked and dirty. Though maybe a little less dirty than the other would have been because you just had a shower um, out there in the rain. But it's like the streaks right. of, of dirt. Um, but it's a child. What do you do? I'm not going to break eye contact with the window. But I am going to softly say, Brandon, <coughs> do you know who that is? One of the others. One of the others like me. So they're not a threat to me, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. So. I'm going to use my aunt slash mom voice. Brandon, move to under the desk. What's your persuade? 50. All right. He starts to crawl under the desk, but there's this look on his face like what? he's you were you. Yeah. And I'm going to slowly move towards the window. I'm going to keep my, my weapon at the ready, but I'm going to lower it because I don't want to point my gun in a kid's face, obviously. Fair. Um, and I'm going to kind of use my sidearm, like my arm to just kind of pull the curtain and look down. 
So you, you pull the curtain away and you look down. Now, this is the one that looks out onto the covered porch. So it's not like water streaming down the window. You got a really good look out this window. And standing there on the porch, bare naked, drenched, and dirty, is Brandon. Give me a sanity roll. <laughs> I rolled a 59 against a 65. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is so realistic. I don't know why, but it's making my heart have actual palpitations and I don't like it. <laughs> so uh, even with a success, it's a one sanity loss. Okay. Um, and so there's different types of sanity loss, right? There's Sanity loss from unnatural. That's what you just took. There's sanity loss from helplessness. And there's sanity loss from violence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this could definitely be unnatural. But I also feel like, especially based on your role play here, th this kind of hit the helplessness side of things too. So you take one point of sanity loss. And I'd like you to check one of the boxes middle of the page on the right side where it says incident of sand loss without going insane check one of the helplessness boxes okay if you ever get all three of those checked by losing sanity but without going temporarily insane or getting a any kind of Negative. psychotic episode mm -hmm. if you get all three of those you become adapted to helplessness which means you automatically succeed sanity rolls against helplessness. Very cool. It's just you become jaded. Right. Okay. Right. No, so, that's, that's, you learn to cope. So check one. All right. Done. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So there is Brandon sitting on the side of the, So tell me what that one point of sanity loss was like for Agent Petrie. Um, so Agent Petrie, one of her bonds is her niece, Abby, who is approximately the same age as Brandon. So that's why she takes such special care with Brandon is she's very caring. And upon seeing what is either actually Brandon or a duplicate of Brandon, that is very startling for her. Um, so she moves away from the window like it kind of flutters back shut real quick and she turns and puts her back kind of to the window and it's just kind of frozen there but she's staring down at brandon the one under the desk the one under the desk and trying to quantify whether or not she is if that's real if that's a weird play on the light of the reflection of him in the window but it very much felt like it wasn't that was a whole physical tangible person that's a whole ass Brandon. It's a whole right ass there. Brandon out there, um, and she's just having this moment of crisis of, "Am I helping the right kid, or have I been helping duped. the monster?" Because he's a dupe. He's the dupe. I've You've been, been duped. duped. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you mentioned the the connection to your niece, because there is a way you can. Um, kind of avoid sanity loss by projecting off onto 
your um, what bonds. are those people in your life called? Your bonds. Your bonds. What you would do if you decided to do it would be to project onto a bond. When an agent loses sand, you may spend willpower to reduce the loss. The amount is always 1d4. Roll the die and reduce your willpower by that much. If your agent still has at least one. Now reduce the bond score by that amount. So you may spend willpower to reduce the loss. All you would need to roll on a 1d4 would be a 1 because that's all you lost. Right. But if you have to roll. And if it's 4, you're going to lose 4 of your willpower. Right. And your score against one of your bonds is going to go down. Right. The the bonds and the strength of those bonds will help you in one downtime um, to um, rebuild willpower and sanity and stuff like right. that. So um, at one point, you probably don't, but no. I don't want to make the decision for you. I don't. It doesn't feel like... Cool. I, I should have offered you the same thing. Now, would you like to project that instance off onto your your bond uh, and try to reduce the amount of sanity you just lost because you took the max sanity max. loss on that at four. I don't think so. Okay. Not yet. So, I just forgot your agent's name. <laughs> Scotch. 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 Uh, it was so crystal clear. Uh, <laughs> Agent Scotch just fired at this 12-foot-tall, bluish-green, scantily-clad figure who then immediately dematerialized in front of him. And Agent Petrie, Petrie um, has just stumbled back against the wall after having seen the doppelganger, the child she was just talking to, knock on the window in front of her. And both of them have been shaken a little bit. And I think that's where we'll <laughs> stop for the evening. And we will pick this up next week for what should be the exciting, if unnatural conclusion to this wonderful adventure, which is Fulminate, which you can find in the Delta Green Handler's Guide. It's a scenario that comes with the books. Mm -hmm. um, I'm enjoying it because I think it's great. really cool. Um, there's a lot of build-up time, but now things are getting interesting. So, <laughs> How are you doing? That Not face. good. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. okay. I just take stuff so viscerally. Like, when you do something scary, my stomach drops. When it's something like this, like, my heart literally did that thing, you know, when something startles you. And, you, like it lit and I was like, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> because now I'm stuck either in the room with a child and a monster like, it's not good. Your reaction just to there being a child out there was good. And then when you found out <laughs> that it was another brand, that was even greater. But. So, cool. We will be back to uh, continue this scenario and wrap it up uh, as we see what happens with young Braden missing since 1980, but still six years old, 40-something years later. As the rain comes pelting down at the... Ranger Station here in Yosemite Park. And weirdness abounds. Okay. <laughs>
Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm Steve. That's Emily. That's John. We're us. You're you. Percentile Vice. Like, follow, all those things. We love you. Bye. 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 I was kind of hoping you were going to hit him. I was really hoping. (laughs) That was the whole point. (laughs)